0: Dear friends in Christ, you don't have to be a farmer to know that if you plant something in the fields in the spring, something will be harvested, whether it's a good harvest or a bad harvest. You don't have to be a farmer to know that if you don't tend the crop, you're not going to get the yield that you want. And you don't have to be a farmer. To know that if you plant corn in the spring, you're not going to expect beans in the fall harvest. There are certain principles of planting and reaping that is built into nature. What is true in the realm, then, of nature is also true in the moral and spiritual realm of life. God knows what you have sown all through your life. knows that. And if you sow, you will reap a harvest of some kind. And what you sow, you will get. It's not different in the end. What you sow is what you reap. You cannot eat junk food every day and expect to be in top-notch health. You cannot sow strife and reap peace. And you cannot sow sin and reap Righteousness. In my office, and I've showed some of you uh, a gift that I was given many years ago. It's it's the sower of the seed, and he's got uh, in his hand here thousands of little seeds that he's he's out throwing, and uh, seeking to to plant a crop. And When I look at that in my office, often I'm reminded that I'm a farmer, and I'm reminded that you are a farmer. For all of us, you see, sow seeds. Not maybe the kind that we hold in our hands, but the kinds that we we have in our spiritual walk. You and I, as Christians, every day, interact with people. Just think from the time you get up to the time you go to bed, how many people you interact with and how many seeds that you sow, whether positively or negatively, we all sow seeds. And if we're Christians, we're called to sow the seeds of words and actions that the Holy Spirit supplies. And Paul lists those attributes in chapter 5 of Galatians that uh, Pastor Kurt dealt with last Sunday, and these are called the fruit of the Spirit. And they are love and joy and peace and patience and kindness, and goodness, and faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. But now we don't exhibit these fruits to be saved. We don't do these things to earn our salvation. We've been dealing with the book of Galatians now for six weeks. And all these previous weeks, we've talked about how Paul was trying to make the point with these former parishioners in the province of Galatia who felt that they were under the law of Moses, under some moral code, legal code, that if they only did certain things, then God would save them. But now he declares, in this last chapter, chapter 6 of his book, as an encouragement to the Galatians, that there are some still God-given laws that we are intended to obey. He emphasizes this as he reminds the Galatians that we are saved by grace through faith, yes, but there are still some God-given laws that we seek to obey. For some in this area, and I'm afraid many today, have developed a belief that you can do something wrong over and over again and simply ask God to forgive you and everything is fine. Well, it's true that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness as we confessed a few moments ago. But not even God can wipe away the consequences of our sins. If a person sins against their body, sooner or later they will pay by having ruined health, even if they are forgiven. And if a person sins against their loved ones, sooner or later there's going to be a broken heart, even though you may be forgiven for what you did. Even if you are forgiven. There are scars, there are marks of sin that remain. Paul says in our text today that sowing and reaping laws are timeless. He says, do not be deceived. Do not think that you can just keep sinning over and over and over again and there's no consequence, there's no repercussions. God cannot be mocked, he says, a man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. And whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. These laws are changeless, they're timeless, they're absolute, they're unfailing. What you sow absolutely will be reaped. No matter, if we don't believe that, it doesn't matter, it will happen. If our lives are for self, and we do those things over and over again that are wrong, these principles will bring forth a disastrous harvest. On the other hand, if our lives are lived for the Savior, these principles will produce a bountiful spiritual crop. Yes, we reap according to what we sow, This particular law became very evident in the life of one man, Robert Watson Watt, was the inventor of radar that police use. And one day, this man was arrested for speeding, and he was caught by a radar trap. Shortly after this happened, he wrote this poem. Pity Robert Watson Watt, strange target of his radar plot, and this with others I could mention a victim of his own invention. Paul says, sowing the seeds of flesh produces corruption. And I'm afraid the sensual kind of Lifestyle that so many live today and that kind of rules our society in so many ways is going to have its consequences as the years go by. And whether the proponents of these persuasions realize it or not, there's going to be a heavy price to to pay in how our society continues to evolve in the years ahead. For you see, sin often produces a far bigger crop than desired or even expected. Hosea 8-7 says, For they have sown the wind, but they will reap the whirlwind. One author wrote, Human beings are sometimes strange creatures. They often sow their wild oats and then pray for crop failure. Warren Wearsby once wrote these words. He says, "Sin will take you farther than you intended to go, keep you longer that you intended to, longer than you intended to stay, and cost you more than you intended to pay." You see, sins like that—it's always a bigger deal than we think. David, King David, committed adultery with Bathsheba, but look what happened. It wasn't just the adultery. No. He ended up murdering Bathsheba's husband to keep things quiet. And then when everybody found out that King David was the adulterer, he was humiliated in front of his people. And as a consequence of that sin, his first son, by Bathsheba, died. The, the one sin multiplied into bigger and bigger sins. When you think about it, much that we reap in life, even though often we have planted those seeds, often they are planted by other people as well. Somebody else did this or that, and we reap the consequences. Sometimes we reap things that are good, and some things that aren't so good. Let's look at the positive first. We receive many blessings given to us by God, even though we haven't performed any labor to receive those gifts. The Father gives salvation and forgiveness to all, and all we need to do is believe that he's doing that. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to work for it. It's a free gift. But not only are we blessed because of what God has done on our behalf, we are also blessed by the fact that others have done good things for us in years past. Others have labored and have entered into and we have entered into the blessings of their labors. Because of many who have labored, we have entered into the blessings of the labors of those who established years ago schools and hospitals and nursing homes and camps. And the list goes on and on. Those institutions that we appreciate so much today began by the positive work and labor of people many years ago. And we are enjoying the blessings of those seeds that were sown uh, many, many years ago, sometimes. Next Sunday in our in our worship service, our fifteen hundred and fifteenth anniversary service, we're going to be celebrating just that. Celebrating and being reminded of those people that have gone before us in this congregation who's, who sacrificed much, first of all, in order for us to have this beautiful building to worship in each Sunday, but more importantly, those people through the decades of the history of our congregation who were faithful in their prayers and in their witnessing so that God's word would continue to be proclaimed in this place for all these years. And you are some of those people who've been praying and witnessing and serving and allowing this community of faith to continue year after year as it has. And we thank you for that. Not only does this law of sowing and reaping work positively, but it also operates negatively. We not only enter into blessings God has bestowed on us that we don't deserve, that we haven't labored for, but we reap the wrong because others came along before us and sowed the wrong things. And those things have had an effect on us even today. For example, our parents, no matter how much we love them, may have some things that they, that their parents or their parents sowed into their hearts and then passed on to us. We are reaping the results of, of our government leaders today as well. When our leaders do wrong, we who are believers, right along with other non-believers, will be involved in reaping the results of their wrong decisions. We cannot escape, you see, the consequences of what happens in our midst because we are a part of this society. Well, when we look back over the months, we realize we can't do anything about last year's harvest But we certainly can do something about this year's harvest. And that's what I want to mention, finally, today. Nothing, nothing at all that we do today can change the record of what has been sown and what was or will be reaped as a consequence of bad seeds being sown. The problem is that too many Christians, I believe, forget that God can take care of the past. He forgives us for what we have done. Paul says, forget the past and move on to what you are doing today. There is not a believer alive, including myself, that has not sown the wrong kinds of seeds often in life. But there is nothing I can do, you see, about that bad seed that was sown. And you can't do anything about it either. What I need to do, and what we all need to do, is to produce a full harvest now and in the future that will glorify our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is what we're all to do. Regardless of where we are in the Christian life, This is the Spirit's exhortation to us, regardless of what we have done. His message is to us, move on to greater maturity. Move on to exhibit the fruits of the Spirit. And even though you have failed, even though you have sown bad seed, I forgive you. Let's move on together and make this world a better place. Sometimes, we get weary of doing the right thing, don't we? Paul says in our text today, do not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who are a part of the family of believers. You know, if you're a farmer or if you have a garden at home, sometime during the summer you get kind of weary of weeding and watering and defending against bugs and disease. Sometimes it seems like the harvest of your fields or your garden is a long time coming, and sometimes the effort becomes overwhelming. But Paul says to us, if we will continue to tend the harvest, the crop. And don't give up. We will be rewarded. Norman Geisler, as a child, went to VBS, to Vacation Bible School, because a neighborhood friend invited him. That fall, he started coming to Sunday school in third grade because the guy on the, on the church bus went out of his way to pick him up and bring him to Sunday school Sunday after Sunday. And that bus driver did that for nine years. But still, this young man named Norman didn't come to know Christ. But finally, during his senior year in high school, he made a personal commitment to Jesus Christ. And the question was asked, what if the bus driver would have said, I'm going to give up on this kid. I've been picking him up for eight years and now nine years, and it seems like he's not further along in his commitment than he was in third grade. I'm going to give up. But this guy didn't, and he kept picking this guy up. It wasn't a waste of time. And he continued until this man, now this young man, committed his life to Christ. I know, I know the summer is long. And I know that the harvest seems far off. And we struggle to see the fruit of our efforts. And we say, what's the use? That person's never going to change. Or I'm never going to change. Or whatever it is. But the harvest is promised. So don't give up. Continue to do what is right as long as you have the opportunity. The harvest is coming, and my prayer is that today that you may experience the Lord's presence in a way as you come forward for Holy Communion that will allow you to experience the certainty of the forgiveness of your past errors, and also strength to not sow seeds of sin and destruction today and in the future, but rather sow seeds by the power of the Spirit, of love and peace and joy. That's my prayer for you and for me today. Amen.